D-P-P-P, the Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. That's a, that's a nice getup you got there. Huh? Nice uh, nice little ensemble. What are you talking about? I mean, it's this this cool starter jacket. If you're if you're listening to the show, Steve is wearing one of those '90s starter jackets. Oh, thanks, man. With yes. a stand up one uh, more time. With, a, oh. with what Americans call a beanie, but the correct name for it is a toque. Ah, oh, there it is. There it is. And there's that Steve Dangle booty, which we all we're all really here for that. It's a good Steve, fit. Steve, how did you get all this San Jose Sharks gear living in Ajax? Well, I bought it like anyone else, didn't you, Steve? Yeah. We all know that you're still wearing the clothes that Nike bought you from 15 years ago. Hey, it's like 14. Yeah, 14, yeah pretty close to 15. Ago. Listen, first of all, it's actually much harder to hear with this toucan. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I just want to shout out Jonathan Betcher, the uh, president of my San Jose Sharks until January 6th and 9th. And then after that... <laughs> My San Jose Sharks uh, for shouting out and showing love to someone who has always been the biggest Sharks truther in the National Hockey League. Because, listen, my San Jose Sharks did not start the season well. Mm -hmm. We all know that. It was well documented. It was televised even. Mm -hmm. But after that, ah, Adam. Didn't I tell you not to touch it because the plate is hot? The San Jose Sharks, except for last night, they've been great. (laughs) They've been on one. Our Captain Logan Couture is nearing return. We're doing great. Sharks truther Steve Dangle in the building and warmer and more stylish than ever before. Mm. I'm taking the toque off. I think you should. (laughs) Yeah. Now read the note. So I can hear. Oh. Yeah, so... I kept waiting for him to get to the note, and I'm like, he didn't get to the note. Give me a cue! The hot's like... The the hot. The hat is hot. Yeah. I yeah, I, no, I know. <laughs> I, that's how I would feel if I was wearing burning. a hat. Because <laughs> I, I got a warm head. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Sorry, that was actually the first line of the letter. The cue no. is... Uh, it's on official San Jose Sharks letterhead. Steve! He knows my name. Welcome to Team Teal. Sharks territory is everywhere. So we thought you should represent. We'll be listening. Dot, dot, dot. Somewhat ominous. Mm. Teal together. Jonathan Betcher. And Jonathan is the president of the Sharks. The president of the San Jose Sharks. And also underneath this starter jacket. uh, What do you got? Oh, this is buttoned up. Sorry. I obviously just threw this on over my head like a moron. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, uh, I got a starter shirt. Hey, there hey, you go. Cool. Yeah. I got the full outfit. Are you going to wear that the whole show, though? Are you going to be a little hot? No, you'd You'll be survive. a little hot. Okay, yeah. all right. You'll be good. I Adam burns like a furnace. <clears throat> That's why he wears a t-shirt every show. Mm-hmm. And you got Jesse over, Jesse and I over <laughs> here. Like, all right, Adam, it, what do you want to talk about next, man? We keep it cu- quite cold in the studio, but that's how you have to have studios. You studios know, with all the gear cold. and the, the lights that shine very Cold bright. is funny. Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, also, just, so, I'm sorry for your Sharks, though, last night. Yeah. Well, they allow Dave Riddich to pick up his first win of the season uh, in his first start. Uh, 15 saves on 16 shots. And no. they lost the Kings in the Battle of California. You know, big save it, David. You know, he does sometimes save it the day for them. And Kings looking good. Kings looking good, but that's okay. 
what is it? Items, objects in the rear view mirror are closer than they appear. Mm. And here come, here they, oh, Jesse. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. You hear that? I'm, I'm going to uh, not tell you to look at the standings. No, no. <laughs> Here they come. They're coming. They're, the truth is out there, They've been playing real well. It's in the ocean. I <laughs> also want to let you know that the Steve Dangle podcast is taking over. We haven't we haven't worked out a takeover with the Sharks yet, although we'd love to. Not that'd yet. Be um, cool as that would be cool. We were invited to the game. It's just that little matter of the flight to California. Yeah. I hear those are not cheap. No. Uh, the <laughs> Kingston Frontenacs and Steve Nagel Podcast are teaming up for Steve Nagel Podcast night, January 21st. You get to see the game. You get to eat and you get to watch the show all for $50. Uh, go to kingstonfrontenacs.com uh, and also look at the menu at the Merchant Tap House. I don't know. Do you guys go to a restaurant and like to be surprised by the menu or do you like to know beforehand? Ooh. Because mm. my wife, Natalie, won't go to a restaurant without looking at the menu. Gabby's the exact same way. And it's not even like I need to look at the menu. She needs to do it for like an hour, you know, and like decide Analyze. and know every single meal. And this is the one I'm getting. And you show up. Maddie's the same Matt way. Maddie's the same. Maddie, you're, you need to look at the menu and everything. Uh, I'm the most indecisive person ever. Um, so I need to look at the menu. I need to look at everything. I want to know if I want to split some apps with someone. I want to know if I want wow. to Yeah, I need to Mad be dog. into the moment and go, what do you want now? That's not going to get a, a woo out of me. That's going to get a her. No. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's a grr. Oh, yeah. well, you don't always got to do the dog noise. <laughs> because it's Mad, Mad dog. dog. Ow! Mad Dog. By the way, the reason we call Maddie Mad Dog is... She hates it. We tried to write Maddie once, and it turned into Mad Dog, and now it's like it, like it was like an who, Apple who, autocorrect. Who did it the first time? I think it was Chris Johnston in the one. Oh, that's yes, oh, it was Chris CJ. on my birthday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's a happy yeah. birthday! Yeah. Everyone's saying happy birthday, Maddie. There's like happy birthday, Mad Dog, <laughs> and now and now <laughs> we just called Mad. Dog. Naturally, we all just went. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, again, food, the food thing is like that's a little intense. Uh, it is intense. I just it. want to be dropped I'm with in. Gabby and Natalie. Yeah, no. So so go to the Merchant Tap House so you can check out their menu there and, and pick beforehand. Or, you know, just come and hang out and feel like what you're feeling that night. All right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, let's talk about, let's talk about goals that go in off of defensemen. You know, son of a gun. It's both of my teams had bad luck yesterday. They did. And actually, the Senators did, too. <laughs> It went out, one went off Chikrin. Did you see that one? Well, they're not. Your third team. Your third team. The, the Ottawa Senators. Senators. Who, yeah. You know, who've won, who won the August Cup, but the June Cup's looking a little little shaky. Yeah. What happened in August, Adam? They won the Cup. Who? The, the Senators. No way. They did. They did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It was crazy. I uh, was, we were all there. We were, yeah. I can't believe you can't remember it. But if these seven or eight things did or didn't go their way, they'd be in the playoffs. Right I now. know which core I'd want. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know man. which core that I'd be that's going to be better. Mm. They blew um, a three goal lead with your new coach behind the bench. That's right. Not great. Um, Not I do great. like Mark Mathot. He seems to have a really good sense of humor jumping on Twitter. And because he said in 2021 that he thought the Sens core would be way better than the Leafs core by this year. And he was like, <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> Daniel Alfredson has been behind the bench for two games for the Sens mm -hmm. one in Sweden, one in North America. And they've blown a three and four goal lead. Is that was that the Sweden game? It was four nothing in Sweden. Wow! Detroit erased it. That was the Stutzla baseball yes. swing in overtime with yes. two minutes or two seconds left. Uh, so they ended up winning. So all is forgiven. No one cares. But they did blow a four goal lead. That was the James Reimer uh, duck, <laughs> which 
in person, I had a view of it, and we were all like, did he? And then we saw the replay, and we were like, he did. Um, so, yeah, they blew a 4 nothing lead and a 3 nothing lead with Alfie behind the bench. Wow. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Not great. Um, the Leafs had three of their four goals go in off of their own defenseman, I believe, uh, last night. One of yeah. the, the only goal that I think Martin Jones probably should have had. Was the only shot that beat him? That's right. <laughs> and 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 it really was. It was a good rush by the Rangers player. I forget his name at the moment. Braden Schneider. There you go. Um, uh but you know it goes in through the the five hole and you're like yeah I probably should have had that one I you know I I I'm sorry I I I'm not like everybody else that gives a goalie a pass on everything that that he should have had that you need that save by his own admission yeah you know you need that save but I've liked Martin Jones you know what he I never thought I'd say that I've really liked Martin Jones you know what he seems relaxed he's very relaxed and I love Sammy um, everything he does just emits stress feels jumpy right now yeah it um everything feels panicked his movements are way too like jones you know what i like the most about jones he stands in his net mm -hmm. <laughs> he just stays in the crease you know why if you're a goaltender tend the goal like jones has actually been a calming presence back there although last night while on the phone with jesse we discovered one of the most mind-melting stats i've ever seen so Jones was in the middle of playing a very good game when we were on the phone. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I, I looked at his season last year. Mm -hmm. He had an 887 save percentage, but a record of 27, 13, and three. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I believe Philip Grubauer had a better save percentage by a pretty wide margin. Yes, but not, not not the why he was still under nine hundred. Yeah, maybe not wide margin, but eight eighty seven to eight ninety five. Eight ninety five feels a lot closer to league average yeah. than eight eighty seven. Yep, he was last year. I know it's not a huge difference. Last year he was at eight ninety five. And right. what was his record? Seventeen, fourteen, and four. So below, okay, above Bettman five hundred, but below real five hundred. He lost eighteen games and won seventeen. Jones was twenty seven. 13 and three. And I said to Jesse, there's got to be something to that. Like, surely that's a record. Yep. For having a save percentage that bad and having that many wins. And I looked it up. And turns out I was actually kind of right. Since the 2000 2001 season, no goalie in the NHL has had a single season save percentage of. 888 or lower and won more games than Martin Jones. Huh? He won 27. You have to go all the way back to the 95-96 season. Who was the name? Bill Ranford. Wow. He had 34 wins with a save percentage of, I think it was 887. And that was 95-96, if you look at the numbers, was still juiced. And right after that, one or two seasons after that, the dead puck era comes roaring in, like real fast. But 95-96 was still high flying. Goal scoring is back up at around the 80s-ish pace. So it sort of makes sense. But I, I, I just, I, what were the Kraken on where <laughs> they won 27 games getting sub-888 goaltending? And it wasn't just it. him, by the way. No. Like well, the, Grubauer yeah. was also bad, but they couldn't win games with Grubauer and Net. They could win with Jones and Net. Explain. 
It's weird. They could win with Jones in net, stopping a smaller percentage of the pucks. Explain. Like, over a ridiculous sample size for both goalies. Mm -hmm. Explain. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Uh, did you get some answers from Kraken fans when you tweeted that out? Uh, I did not. No. Okay. I did not. But Kraken fans, please respond to this video. Uh, or, you know, just tweet at us or email us, whatever. What's up with that? <laughs> Why? Why did Jones have 10 more wins than Grubauer despite not saving as many pucks? That's a good question. I don't get it. Well, and 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 so I think what what we've seen with Martin Jones so far in Toronto is a stabilizing veteran effect. And I'll be honest with you, like I have not been a Martin Jones fan since he was probably just getting into San Jose. He had a good couple of years there. And when the Leafs signed him this summer, I was like, well, I hope he doesn't have to play too much. And and he's he's been straight up the starter. Right now, he is. He's the yep. starter until Wool's back, and he seems calm. And it makes me wonder. When Wool does come back, what, like, Sammy's, I know Sammy's got the contract, but if they can't, if he hasn't turned it around in the next, I guess, four more weeks that Wool's out, um, uh, is Sammy the one sitting in the press box? <laughs> no, I think they find a home for him. There's got to be a deal there. Like, maybe. Oh, you would trade him? See, I think they go into the playoffs with all three of those guys. I mean, it'd be nice to have all three, but can they afford it? Yeah, you'd lose them on waivers, would you not? Well, you're gonna. Oh, lose you definitely lose them on waivers. You don't do that. Yeah, you don't do that. So you you got to find a way to get some assets back for that. I mean, you won a playoff series with this goalie. No one can say they won a playoff series with the Leafs since Ed Belfour, <laughs> uh, who has been retired quite some time. Um, whatever they got to do to get him back on track. If that is not playing games, do it. Do it. There's a goalie there. We know there's a goalie there. He's got talent. We got to find no him. question. No question. It seems to be between the ears for Sammy. And you know what? One of the things that that plays a part in this, and people will scoff and laugh, but um, having a new kid, which he does, yes, does interrupt things. It interrupts your flow. And athletes are very like routine driven and they like their sleep and they like to do this and they like to do that. When you've got a kid at home, it's not about you anymore. It's not about the routine that you feel that you want to be in. The kid's like, this is what I feel right now. And I'm going to scream about it. And maybe that's a part of it too. And I don't mean to be like, well, you shouldn't have kids as an athlete, but like, yeah, I can throw you off. Can, Absolutely. Can I give you a, a, a stat? <laughs> this is how mind bending Martin Jones is. I don't understand this goaltender. Okay. Uh, Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. In the American Hockey League this year, has a record of four and six with an 888 save percentage. That's, wow. That's terrible. Martin Jones has a two one and one record with an 870. <laughs> that's bonkers. What? That is bonkers. Why does he win? How does this goalie win games? There's gotta be something there where his size or positioning and Guys just aren't taking shots they would take on other goalies. Please, someone explain. Mm -hmm. Or is it just pure luck? Please, someone explain. Yep. Maybe he plays to the score. So if it's like a four-goal game, like he has a four goals for his team, he's like, I can allow three. Well, or he, he allowed a grand a grand total of one bad goal last night, and it, it was the game-winning goal. So... I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying, like, maybe the larger sample size is like, oh, they scored seven. I'm going to allow six. And <laughs> yeah, the Grand Fuhrer strategy. Yeah. He did it on purpose, you see. Yeah, yes. of course. Yes. Of course. That's how it went. I think I think uh, it's 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 a nice story. It's a good story. You got you to gotta enjoy that story, right? 
you got to, as a Leaf fan, you got to be like, man, this is this is awesome that we have goaltending depth and the Hilda Beast waiting in the wings in the AHL, right? Yes, Dennis Hildeby. Uh, I can he, look it up. Yeah, Adam's looking it up. Mm-hmm. This dude, first of all, I think he might be the biggest person to ever play for the Leafs organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, or huge. when he plays a game in the NHL, he'll be the biggest person to ever play for the Leafs organization. They have had six foot eight guys like mm-hmm. on the Marlies and on the Growlers. Maybe even no, not six foot nine, six foot seven and six foot eight. Um, but Dennis Hildeby, if he makes the Leafs, he'll be, I think, the first 6'7 player. Yeah, he's 6'7", 220, 22 years old. That's a big boy. It's a big boy. And what are his stats? Uh, his stats with the Marlies this year are pretty uh, pretty Stupid. good. 6-3-2. The Marlies are okay. Yeah. But his goaltending stats, like his save percentage right now, is a 9-2-9. Damn. The gap between Martin His Jones goals against in- average? Yeah. And I know we don't like that stat as much. No, it's not good. 1.82. Like, if you score... That means if you score two goals, you're more likely to win the game than not. <laughs> Martin Jones is an 870 on the same team. Still above 500. And Hildeby is an 8... Uh, sorry, a 929. If I'm looking at this from Leafs management's perspective, if... if um, Ilya comes back and starts playing better, and then Joe Wall comes back, and the high ankle sprain isn't a... Like, isn't deterring him because like if you're the lease management right now you are not rushing joseph wolback you're letting him go as long as he needs to go because they prepared for this they prepared for, for this them. and and we've seen this, them scramble in years before for shit that they didn't prepare for michael hutchinson matthew nyes last oh, year shit. think about that um but uh i think that they're okay with this and if you lose one of those two guys if you lose sammy you lose martin jones or whatever it is in a trade dennis hildeby's having a great year He's had, in 21-22 with Faryustad, he had a great record. Um, last year, he split time between the Marlies and Faryustad, and both, well, the Marlies record isn't great, but the Faryustad stats are crazy. And then uh, this year, he's been amazing with the Marlies. So I don't think, much like Joseph Wool last year, especially at 22 years old, are you afraid to bring him up for a couple of games should you need him? I don't think so. Uh... No, it's you don't want to, but I'm just saying like you're you are dealing from a position of strength here. To me, you need to be forced into it. You don't call him up to give him a shot. You call him up because you have no other choice. That's right. You have no other choice. Someone's injured. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd be comfortable with having a gander. Why not? Well, a couple games. Why not? How old is he? He's 22. So he was a little young. He was. Yeah, he's definitely young, but he was drafted. I want to know who in Kyle Dubas's Leafs regime was the guy who was like, I want to draft 20-year-old Dennis Hildeby. I'm pretty sure he was 20 when they When he him. got drafted? Yeah, so that's uh, overager, I think, times two. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, he was the first player drafted in, I think it was 2021. I think it was the Montreal draft where the, all the phones went out. Um, I think he was the first player drafted from that draft to sign an NHL deal. They wanted this guy. Wow. They wanted him. And they wanted to get him to North America as fast as possible. Took a couple years. Here he is, and he's playing great. I'm, I'm excited for the Hill to Beast. Uh, me too. It's going to be great. Now, uh, with the with the Leafs, uh, obviously the the Rangers you know, get their revenge. The Leafs embarrass them at home. The Rangers get a win at, at uh, uh, on the Leafs' home ice. I don't think it was an embarrassing win. 
but it was a win. And I'm sure that felt good for them. Um, uh, CJ did tweet this yesterday. Austin Matthews casually has 11 goals in his last seven games. He has nine multi-goal games this season. He is on pace for 67. Yes, that's right. Ah! 67 goals this year. That's. But you know what? It's not... Last year, the way he was getting goals, we're like, ah, oh, those are playoff-style goals. He's tipping them in, he's banging them in, and brr. This dude's scoring Austin Matthews goals. Mm. He is ripping them. And he's finding the open ice, which he seemed to really struggle to do at times last year and the beginning of this year. Um, and his shot is as good as it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't expect him to score at over a goal a game forever, but he is ripping the biscuit. The right first now. one he scored was uh, really nice, where he shot it from like behind him and what he kind of just wired it, and it went over uh, Shesterkin's shoulder there. What do you do? Yeah. Like as a goalie, what do you do? There's no wind up. There's no nothing. It's just immediate. The, yeah, the puck touches his stick and flings away like it's got a negative magnetic pull like how the what are you supposed to do about that how do you prepare for that shot Mm -hmm. and i think this is the way he started this year it's even more evident to me and i think it should be to least fans that he was not completely healthy last year and 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 he was clearly playing with with a bit of an injury and when you get off to a slow start and there's a bit of an injury and you you don't have your full off season to train it really affects your game and it clearly affected him for the majority of last season and this year we get a fully healthy austin matthews who had a full training camp a full summer to prepare and now he's on pace for 67 goals that's so silly. Yeah. That is so silly, man. Uh, 67. Molly Walker had a really great article. Uh, she's a uh, post reporter for the for New York Post reporter uh, for the Rangers. Uh, and she talked to Jimmy Vesey about his time in Toronto. And I don't know if you saw this quote, but I sure did. Uh, there was an episode and we talked about this with our, you know, the Amazon doc where uh, it's an episode two. Sheldon Keefe takes Jimmy Vesey aside and says, I just want to. I want to be sure that you know that it's been very vanilla, mm-hmm. as in his play. Mm-hmm. VC responded by saying he felt like Keith was telling him that he didn't know or didn't like his game, and as a result, he'd be out soon. And he was waived by the end of that episode. Now, yes. <clears throat> um, it apparently got so bad for Jimmy that he was just going to go to Europe. But it was the Devils that extended a PTO, and he's been able to turn around his career since. What was very interesting, though, he's been great on the Rangers. Yeah. Uh, back on the Rangers, yeah, because he was good the first time on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, she, uh, Keith was asked about VC during his post game press conference, and he said, "Are we done?" Oh, uh, you know what? That's, and that was over that a year sucks. ago. That was over a year ago. That was over a year ago. Oh, really? yeah, that wasn't last. Oh, that yeah, wasn't yeah. last no, night. No, no, no. But the quote well, that still. The, yeah. the quote that I thought you'd find interesting is what VC had to say about the way he was portrayed because he said, "I haven't watched it." But I don't think I should have been featured as prominently as I was. That means from, you watched it. From what I heard, BC yeah. said, <laughs> in a documentary about a team that lost in the first round of the playoffs, and I wasn't there for it. I think they had the final say on what went in, and sometimes you have to point the arrow somewhere other than yourself. You know what? That's salty as hell, but uh, Leaf fans aren't going to want to hear this. I understand. He's right. See, I don't think he is. I th- Why? Why? I, because I think if you've watched any of the other Amazon documentaries, part of... Because they do this with other teams, right? In hockey, we have this insular thing. Where, oh, they've only done it about us. Um, they've done this with like Juventus. Um, and what they do is they talk about the team and its 
movement throughout the year. Yes. Jimmy VC was brought in to score 20 goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So on the it, second line. So on it Tavares was line. a story. Yeah. It was a story when he didn't work out. So now, I understand why Jimmy's saying that. I understand why he's hurt by it. But it was the second episode of like an eight-part series. Mm-hmm. And he was out early. And that is a story. Let me correct myself then. He's right for the wrong reasons. Okay. Um, because he's making it sound like, well, that just shouldn't have been in there. It should have been in there. Needs to be in there. It needs to be in there a hundred percent. The observation I have made several times since that documentary came out is Jimmy VC got a raw deal compared to the other guys on that team. The Leafs and the people who edited that documentary protected guys who stayed on the Toronto Maple Leafs after the 2021 bubble season. Yeah. That we know there was stuff cut from that documentary that did not make them look good. Make certain and players look good at all. Not just players, management too. Management too didn't make them look good. There's there's stuff that was left in, like I think Sheldon Keefe telling the goalie coach to fuck off was pretty funny. Dubas after going to Shanahan to get the approval for a trade. For Felino. Yeah. 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 That didn't look good on either of them, frankly. Um, but like the goalie coach was also gone shortly after. Jimmy VC was placed on waivers claimed by the Canucks. So we don't need to save his feelings. Who yeah. cares? He's not on the Leafs anymore. These other guys, these guys who make all the money, the star money. No, we got to save their feelings. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make them very happy if we include this on the doc in the documentary. So it is not the job of documentarians to be like, well, no, everyone needs to look good. So like the, all the Jimmy VC stuff, the calling him vanilla, him getting claimed off waivers, the clip of Brendan Shanahan really not giving a fuck when he got claimed off waivers. Um, all that should have been left in the documentary, but they did not treat the guys who stayed on the team the same. They, they didn't did do not, that to anybody else. No, they no, didn't give no. them the same Jimmy benefit VC, of the doubt, the same grace. Jimmy VC was no longer under the MLSC um, umbrella when they're editing this doc, and they said, hey, go ahead. You can show all this Carve about up. this guy because he's no longer in this organization. I think if he is upset with the way he was portrayed, I think he has a little ground to stand on because of that. I think, but everything... That everything that was portrayed was also accurate. I, my problem, I agree. I my problem I with that, man. my problem with that documentary, frankly, at the end was how they wrapped it up. They're like, "Well, yeah, we lost the game seven. We'll do it again next year." Yeah. Here's the, here's Kyle Dubas's empty empty board in his shitty office. Uh, that before they lose in game seven, what, a they bad never ending. they never captured how outrageous it was that they lost. They never captured how ridiculous it was that Montreal beat them so soundly in those last three games. Mm. They never captured how... And, and and it's it's not that Amazon didn't want to. It's the Leafs wouldn't let them. Yeah, if you yes. go back and you watch the playoff portion of that, it sped through. Okay. Like, that's one of the... Quick- we went to the playoffs. Oops. Yeah, we went to the oh, playoffs okay. and we lost, and that was it, and the show's over now. And, like, they, they clearly did not have as much footage during that time because clearly they didn't want the cameras everywhere during the playoffs, and... That portion is a little disappointing in seeing behind the scenes because I assume there isn't much behind the scenes. Well, actually, I will say they do have the footage. Mm -hmm. From what I have heard, 70% of what was shot or what was in the original documentary was cut by the Leafs. They had final decision. Lots of stuff is going to get cut. Mm -hmm. No, no, but the way they'd framed it, I think there was some Nylander stuff. His agent didn't like it. Anderson. 
Anderson and stuff. Anderson yeah, stuff. but I'm talking specifically about the playoffs. Yeah, like they they left all that out, or it wasn't there, and <clears throat> that's a decision. You know, we don't want to go into this because it wasn't a happy ending. The Marner <laughs> stuff after Game Six. Hey man, you good? Yep. All right. <laughs> and he just walks off. Yeah. But VC. VC, we can torture him. Screw so that guy will embarrass him. So that's why I'm saying I understand VC's frustration with the documentary. Yes. He's right. He's <laughs> right. I, I, Leaf fans, I'm sorry. He's yeah. right. I understand it, but I, I disagree with it. Right I think, for the wrong I think reason. you got it. I think you got it. If a guy who's supposed to come in and score 20 goals on your left wing doesn't do it, I think that's a big story. Oh, he was given a golden opportunity and failed. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Then he, he picked up his socks and he figured it out in New York. And he's doing great. Um, uh, wanted to. You know, when we finished the show last time, DJ Smith had just been fired. We get we get nothing on the Rangers. Oh, what do you want to talk about with the Rangers? Shut up. Um, excuse me. Best power play in the league. They did look good. They uh, did look good. Number number oh, one power shut play. up. Number one power play in the league. Don't take penalties, Toronto. Uh, two for two. Alexis Lafreniere breaks a twelve game goalless streak. Pots one on the first power play. Panarin comes out for the second one. Wires it home. Yeah, they might they might score a power play goal on their own next time. Yeah, Rangers looking good. None of those none of those actually went in. Their, their intended target. They went off of Leafs. They went in the back Not of the, the net. initial shot. That's all that matters. That was Panarin's goal was William Lagason's first career NHL. That's right. All that matters is that the best power play in the league delivered two times consecutively, and it was a beautiful thing to watch. And what? Well, Rangers. You know, you know what we spend, Let's go. We should spend some time on how invisible the Leafs' power play looked in that game. They didn't get any. Yeah, because you oh, know what? The one thing I know about 60 minutes of hockey is there's there's no fucking way, and I'm not even joking here. There's no way that any no. team goes through 60 minutes of hockey and is perfect. I, That's I'll, such crap. I'll say such bullshit. I the Leafs are 29th in the NHL in power plays for power play opportunities. Yeah, sure. but the style 29th. they play, the style they play though, that has changed over the years and has uh, changed drastically this year. Has changed. Uh, it doesn't <clears throat> welcome it. You know, if you say it enough times, it just becomes true. Yes. Oh, true? Like Jacob Truba, who defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs last night? Like, like Lil Wayne saying, I'm the best rapper alive a bunch of times. And Jay-Z also saying, I'm the best rapper alive. Yeah. And his, their fans going at it online about who was the best rapper alive. I think if you told refs the sky is green enough, <laughs> it would just be the reality. Like Dylan Larkin, I thought, had a great quote uh, that came out yesterday where he found a way to compliment the refs and criticize them at the same time, mm -hmm. where he's like, oh, I think they're the best refs in the world. It's just the way they call the game comes from their bosses, right? It's it's on down. Mm, he's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Steve, I, I, just, I thought that was very clever. I just want to know how you're ever going to stop Braden Schneider. So I don't know. Um, by uh, making sure the Leafs stop um, acquiring guys and giving them away for free, like Eric Gustafson, who give him the puck. <laughs> He got the primary assist on that damn goal. I I uh, I don't get it. He was a good leaf. What was a good leaf? He was a good leaf for a hot minute, and then they're like, you know what? Let's overspend on John Klingberg instead of keeping cheaper, less injured John Klingberg. Yep, very frustrating. Um, uh, I want to talk about the DJ Smith stuff because we didn't really get the chance to jump into it. It had just happened, but we did that little addendum at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. Um. The I was thinking about this. Great, so this this tweet really stuck with me. And it talks about the Senators and their previous head coaches. And I want to go through it because mm. uh, Trevor Shackles, uh, Ottawa Senators writer, um, uh, basically said this. After being fired, D. 
these are the previous, these are the coaches that have been fired and what they've done since. And we're going far back, okay? DJ Smith, uh, uh, obviously just got fired. That was days ago. Guy Boucher, never an NHL head coach after that. Dave Cameron, never an NHL head coach after that. Paul McClain, never an NHL head coach after that. Corey Kluston, never an NHL head coach after that. Craig Hartsburg, never an NHL head coach after that. And wow. John Paddock, never an NHL head coach after that. Wow. That is ugly, man. And 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 this is a league that recycles these guys like they're they're tin. It's crazy. Like these these guys, <laughs> there's like 40 guys who can do this and no one else can do this. So maybe it's good that the Senators are giving people a try. But did Jacques Martin head coach a team after the Sens? I think he did Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. Uh, I, I or no, seem maybe to he remember he coached somewhere else. He did coach somewhere else, but and he's 71. And it was good, by the he's way. He's 71? Yeah, he's 71. He's not going to be the coach forever. He's just trying to... That's why... He's that was, aged pretty good. That was a part of the wow. narrative of he'll never take over this job. He's so old. Like, a 71-year-old is not looking to be a full-time head coach, and all of that was nonsense. I don't think he's going to be a head coach for, like, years and years. No, but... I'm telling you, they're going to wait until the end of the season, and they're going to hire Jay McKee. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. Well, that's fair. Uh, or, if, here, let me throw another one out there. Steve Steos is the president and GM of the Sens. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Who'd the Oilers just fire? Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft, and that's where Steve Stales came from. I got one for you. Jay Woodcroft's house? What? He went. Where did Steve Stales come from? At Jay Woodcroft's house. Oh, okay. okay. Bakersfield, right? Yes. Okay. I yes. got. I got one for you. That's a little closer to home. Uh, we have a we have a football coach in Toronto. His name is John Gruden. He is the current coach of the Toronto Marlies. Shut up. In 20, I was like, Pinball Clemens is not signing with the Ottawa Senators. In 2017-2018, Mr. John Gruden won the Super Bowl when he captured the Memorial Cup. Is it the Memorial Cup? With the Hamilton Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. The Grey Cup. What are you Wait, talking about? J Jesse, you're, so, you're confusing me. <laughs> John Gruden, the hockey coach. <laughs> Yeah. So the Hamilton Bulldogs won the championship in 1718. Yes, whatever that championship may be. John Gruden was head coach at the time. Mm. Owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs when they won that championship. Michael Anlauer. Michael Anlauer. Oh. His ties to the Hamilton Bulldogs run deep, maybe, as the Ottawa Senators love to do. Love! Hire guys from the Maple Leafs organization. <laughs> Players, coaches, everywhere around the Leafs organization. They love bringing them to Ottawa. Maybe Michael Ann Lauer and Steve Stales go get their former, well, Michael Ann Lauer's former head coach, and they bring the Marlies head coach to Ottawa. I like that. That is a great theory, Jesse. That's Clark. a good theory. My point is this. To this day, or to this, these last few head coaches from Trevor Shackles, uh, not great. It's not great that they didn't go on to do much. And and I was thinking about this a little bit, and, I, and then I got down the wormhole in my own head about DJ Smith. You know, there's a lot of Senators' uh, accounts right now that are posting things that, like, you know, Daniel Alfredson and Jacques Martin have, you know, a couple of games under their belt, and you've already got clips of Daniel Alfredson going over and talking to players when they're just out for a skate. Saw that. There's going out for a skate, and he's like, what the hell was that? Castellic with a little <coughs> bit of light cardio. <laughs> exactly. Cardio. What, they, what, they, what is it? Not Cardio merchant. Cardio merchant. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just not going to fly in Ottawa anymore. DJ Smith in Toronto, when he was the assistant coach under Babcock, was known as the good guy. And he made some baffling decisions in Ottawa as a head coach. 
You know, we never they he was never given a great roster. No. But but really, he also made some baffling decisions with that roster. They never outperformed what they were supposed to be, which is what a sign of a good head coach. Yeah. And it makes me wonder what kind of baffling decisions were made when he was working here. And it's it, it goes back to like I wonder like I I don't doubt that DJ Smith is a really good guy, but I also do doubt the decision making process now that I've seen it out in the open and seen it in Ottawa for five years. I mean, the DJ Smith Leafs could not defend their way out of a wet paper bag. They were awful. How were the uh, Senators on that? Not much better. Five years. And and the thing is, like, I think the highest that he got them was like 25th. Oof, Maro. In league like, standing? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's not good. It's not a good... It's really not a good record. Man. And I'm not trying to, like, dump on DJ Smith. I'm just trying to say, like... Listen, uh, as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, how do I make this about me? It does make me question what the hell was going on in those early years. Now, he was highly sought after, though. He was. He was, like, in terms of, uh, at the time, I don't remember what year the Sens hired him, but, you know. I think it was 1819? Yeah. 1920. 1920. Okay, so, in terms of uh, coaches that you could bring in at the time, mm-hmm. he was an up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, remember, he was assistant and good guy, supposedly, on the Leafs in the middle of a rapid turnaround for the team. Um, and he won the Memorial Cup with the Oshawa Generals as head coach before that. And and just to note, before people get upset with me, the Hamilton Bulldogs won the OHL championship, not yeah. the Memorial Cup. And I thought it was Jay McKee they won it with. Uh, in seventeen eighteen. The OHL championship was yeah. uh, Mr. John Gruden. Gosh darn. Yeah. Darn and Maybe maybe Jay McKee was also on that staff. I'll mm. do a little dig in here. Maybe it was. I'm just... I feel bad for Sens fans because I think now they're finally getting... I've, I've said that a lot. I feel bad for Sens fans. <laughs> I think they're finally getting a coach, at least in Jacques Martin, that is going to clean some of this shit up. And I don't know that that was in DJ Smith's nature. Right? Mm. Like, when you're the good guy and things are going well, that that all feels good. But when you're the good guy and things suck... Well, what what do you make of them letting him d- run a practice and do his media availability and then fire him? It's it feels Melnicky. Um It's and and very strange, isn't it? Yeah, and especially because like um I think uh um uh, some of the guys from Ottawa like Ian Mendez wrote an article in the Athletic about how he was frozen out by the Sens for 4 years but DJ Smith would always talk to him. Oh my oh, god. Oh, I did see that. The sense, yeah. And you know what? Ian's so friggin' classy. <laughs> he like, is. He could have made such a stink out of that. For those of you who don't know, the Melnick Senators, yeah, they froze Ian Mendez out and mm-hmm. were basically. I don't think he was the only one. I think local podcaster was too. Oh, that's right. I don't Brent think Wallace. he was even accredited. Oh, really? I don't think so. We'd have, I mean, I'd have to ask. No him. idea. Ian's Ian's been a supporter for a long time, but he has too much class to make himself the story. But like, that's an outrageous story that we don't like your coverage because it's not positive enough towards our shitty team. So we're going to freeze you out for not praising our team that's doing poorly. That's garbage. And now it's good to see him at least back in the organization's good graces um, and by that, I mean the senators uh, support journalism again. <laughs> I don't even think it's about supporting journalism. I think it's because they can't, the senators couldn't possibly have more bad PR in Ottawa. 
and and somehow the fans stuck around, didn't reject the the brand, the logo, the players. Uh, but that uh, ownership was a, a disaster, a total disaster. Did. And I and and you could see it in everything that's happened since 2017. So I wonder with. Alfredson on the bench, that carries weight. Jacques Martin, the coach of their best years, that's got to carry some weight. I wonder if these players start to turn a corner. And, and you know, I've wondered that about the Pittsburgh Penguins because we saw what happened when Knobloch took over in, in Edmonton. I know they lost last night. Three in a row. But they won eight in a row to start. There's usually a heater. There's, yeah, John Hines as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. John Hines, who did not start Mark Andre Fleury against the Penguins, weird, really weird. I yeah. think the the like coach bump theory thing. I was expecting it last night, and it happened right away. You know, you get a three goal lead, and then you blow that lead. But I think like there's a little stretch here where Ottawa is going to play decent hockey. But I don't think this season they're looking at it like how they looked at it at the beginning of the season, where it's hey, we can challenge for a playoff spot and all that. Yeah, like, they might get the little bump here, but I don't think it's gonna all these players are all of a sudden going to take this team to the playoffs. They they have that coaching staff has a really difficult job mentally here. Like you have to play even if you have like a minuscule chance of making the playoffs, you have to act like mm-hmm. you still have a shot. Oh yeah. Because there's so many freaking games left. There's what is it? Like 50? Mm-hmm. Probably more than 50 for them, like something like 55 games. That's so many games. Uh, it's still possible for you to make the playoffs. Like you need to build towards something for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you almost got to develop good habits on the fly, right? Like sometimes you maybe sacrifice doing the best thing for winning in an individual game for sticking to a theme that'll help you in the long term. Um, ugh. It's, is, just, it's just a, like, I just see how the, players and the fans are starting to match how each other act. Yeah. Like it's dejected and almost like an acceptance of this is a lost season. You you can't look at it like that. You got to push through. There's too much season left. You can't become failure. The Ottawa Senators currently sit last in the Eastern Conference with 22 points. They've played 27 games. And oh, boy. Yeah, they're five back of their nearest competitor, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 27 That's points. That's crazy. It's not acceptable for the Ottawa Senators to finish the season. And I know Montreal's been a bit of a heater and the Sabres have disappointed, but in their division, it's not acceptable for the Senators not to finish ahead of at least the Canadians. Did any of us have the Sens last even no. in their division? No, we thought they'd be a fringe playoff team. They ought to be. I mean, you, you know what's what this league really doesn't have anymore, except for maybe a couple teams? Bad teams. Like I feel like who last year genuinely terrible. Last year I think there were three very bad. Yeah. Teams. Oh yes, in but, the Sharks, Ducks, and Blackhawks. Yeah, but you know what we also had last. First of all, don't disparage the Sharks. Uh, you know what we had last year, Connor yeah. Bedard, and Macklin Celebrini doesn't have the same fanfare. Um, the Blackhawks are still bottoming out. Um, everyone else is interested in winning. Mm-hmm. Like, even the teams at the bottom don't want to be there. They have no aspirations of being there. Um, the Sharks had the really terrible start. They've won a bunch of games. The Blue Jackets, not doing great at it, but they're trying to win frigging games. They hung nine on the Sabres last night. The Sabres, who, by the way, are not trying to be this bad. Nope. The Sens are not trying to be this bad. Yep. 
Who's actually tanking? Yeah, it's, it's like for, one team for this season. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's probably the Sharks and the Blackhawks are the only two teams that are really trying to be bad. And even the Blackhawks, like they didn't mean to be like this. Like the Corey wow. Perry said, they overspent on Corey Perry to bring him in. They overspent on Nick Foligno. Mm-hmm. They brought in Taylor Hall. What's the point of that? You stink. Well, Hall got injured. Corey Perry. Yeah, no, but I'm saying they you won. brought in Taylor Hall in the hopes of, all right, put him on the wing of the kid and we'll I let them know. be our Batman and Robin little duo. And I don't think they were trying to be good. I don't think they were trying to be good, <laughs> but like they weren't trying to be the worst team in the league. Um, listen, there are years where teams are very obviously trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, you're, I think you're 100% right in that there's probably just two. Who are the two? Sharks and the Blackhawks. The shark? No! The shark- How dare the sharks you? Sharks have lost three in a row and are nine and twenty and three. You know what? <laughs> I'm putting I'm putting the toque back on to keep myself sheltered. They're from a your minus sixty one in gold difference. Yeah, because you're still caught up in their bad start to the season. I'm not gonna let your false narrative interrupt my shark's truth. All right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed, I'm allowed to say that they're bad right now. Uh-uh. Jesse, I sent you a video. And I was just hoping you could play said video. I think this season's been really good for hockey fans. I think we've had... If you're... Like, obviously, it, it's team variant. So I'm sure that there's Ducks fans who are like, Yeah, I disagree with that. But as an overall NHL season, this is one of the best seasons I can remember for uh, storylines and drama and uh, people being honest it's been and really compelling. Really compelling. And what you're going to see here is Devon Tate, oh. who is one of the best defensemen on a team with a lot of great defensemen. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. I cannot believe the Islanders gave him up for what they gave him up for. Two seconds. And he has something to say about people on his own team. And as NHL players, they never say anything bad. So this, I think you will find fascinating. Adam, do you want to be proud? What? I was a good boy. I knew you would have this prepared, and I knew you would be excited about it. I haven't watched it. Oh, even better. Here we go. Can't wait. Same thing as never really got going in that one. Um, but what you kind of feel in that one from your perspective? Yeah, we came out pretty well, actually. You know, the power play goals obviously helped. Um, at some point, you know, they're going to get power plays back, too. It usually tends to even itself up and, um, you know, break down. Penalty kill for the third goal, but besides that, you know, we, we didn't really get to our game much. You know, it, it looked at times like we were, and then we just don't. I think you know, it's frustrating right now. I was going to say, you seem really visibly frustrated. What is it that's just so you know, upsetting about a loss like that? No, it's just self-awareness of, of knowing the situation and, and knowing the way the game's trending, and we have guys that are, you know, going out against our structure and, and doing things that we don't do as a team and, and that's what's frustrating is, you know when you have 20 guys in here that are working towards the same goal and have the same you know goal in mind it's it's fun to play uh, you know that's how you win games in this league and when you have 14 guys that are that are playing to the structure and six that aren't it's really tough to win in this league that's you know it doesn't take a lot of, you know or, or many guys to go against the way that your team wants to play in order to uh, in order to lose a game and just our self-awareness of, of knowing when we're playing well and knowing when we're not is just not there. You know, we don't have a self-awareness of, of what it takes to win as a team and, and what it takes as an individual to, to 
compete and, and play your best right now. So it's, it's it's frustrating when you know as a collective you're not pulling for the same goal. Not that you, this is maybe a silly question. How do you fix that? I mean, it's it's self-awareness. We need guys that know, you know, know how to play in our system, how to how to play our game, and, and know what it takes. And uh, we have guys in here. I think we got some guys that think they're playing well, and I think they're kidding themselves at this point. It's it's frustrating to play with, uh, you know, play out there when when you got guys that think they're playing well and, and they're doing things that you know you have no idea what play they're going to make or, or where they're going to be on the ice. And, uh, it's it's tough to play in this league when when you don't know where your teammates are going to be. So um, you know that's where a lot of the frustration stems from. Wow. <laughs> See, it starts. It wow. sort of simmers, and then he got it. Finally, goes. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going for it. Wow. I love this. By the way, love where was this, this posted? Uh, Gorilla Sports, I think, had it, but it was a post game, and okay. uh, you know they, they lost three to two to Chicago. I was like, third goal came in by Tyler Johnson with uh, at eight nineteen in the third. So, you know, what, what's, there's a few things there. But I thought the thing that was most interesting is not the thing that's maybe making headlines. Is He's like, you've got guys who you don't even know what play they're going to make. That is... That's icy. <sighs> because the whole thing about playing hockey at that speed is knowing where you are, where the, your teammates are on the ice and the positioning. And if he's just like, they don't know or I don't know where they're going to be, that's a big shot at just those guys playing NHL hockey. Like, that is a huge deal, what he's saying. Six and I, guys. I assume that this has been talked through in the dressing room. Then this is the last straw for Mr. Taves, you know, the going to the media and complaining about it publicly because they've tried to fix this internally and he's he's fed up. I yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I have a good read on that. I also think that that room, you know, any room with Nathan McKinnon in it is going to be held to a very high standard. Like, yes, you know, and Nathan McKinnon can be ornery. Right. When, when Zadorov was talking about his guys, could we have save the chocolate bars for the offseason? No. I don't think Zadorov was making that up. I think McKinnon got pissed that Zadorov told that publicly. But I think that that is their mindset. They want that's, a cup. That's why they're so successful. They have been. Listen, they've only got the one cup, but I think. They've been one of the most successful teams for, what, half a decade now? That sounds like Nathan McKinnon speaking through Devon Taves. Uh, doesn't it? It sounds like their captain, or Nathan McKinnon, is giving them the mentality that they need to go win. And the 14 guys that are buying in, like they seem to embody him. And there's a bunch of guys that don't, and they need to get their act together. So let's play the game. <laughs> name names. Who is it? <laughs> name <laughs> names. Come on, Devon. Well, like, is it okay? Based on what he said, do we think he's talking about guys who were on the cup winning team mm -hmm. or new guys? I think it's got to be new guys. You'd think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, you just everybody, I corrected myself when I briefly called McKinnon captain. I know it's Landeskog. So I'm looking at it, right? Yeah. Bowen Byram, Devon Taves, Josh Manson, Kiel McCarr. All buy-in guys. All guys who were on the team. Their chips are in the middle of the table. They're buying in. Buying in. Yep. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, uh, Valerie Nikushkin. Um, was Logan O'Connor? Yeah, Logan O'Connor, I believe, was on that cup-winning team. I don't remember if Andrew Cogliano was. I think he might have been on the Stars. Let me just pull it up. At the time. Uh, all those guys were on that team that won. Landeskog is obviously like that's a big power vacuum, man. I know he's still around the team, but he's a big. That was a big leader with a lot of history. And if you're not there every game and you're not there playing, 
it's different. Like, mm-hmm. I know they don't want a captain, but, like, right now there is, like, a... Well, it's why the Leafs kept playing Ryan Reeves when he's when Bobby McMahon is clearly a guy that should be playing. Right. It's that you need the guy for the message to matter. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're the, the captain and the best player in the team or you're the right winger, but you're the vibes guy. You have to be playing for that message to sink in. And yep. you, you know what? I was just looking at their long-term injured reserve. I saw Arturi Lekkinen was there. So this Devon Taves clip comes a week, maybe less, mm-hmm. after Miko Rantanen called out Arturi Lekkinen's dad <laughs> for criticizing him in the media. Mm-hmm. This is a very grumpy group right now. Now, if they get it together, that's scary, isn't it? Oh, it's incredibly scary. Well, because look look who's on their team. Logan right? O'Connor, by the way, was on the cup-winning team. He, well, I thought he was. Yeah. So here, here are some new guys. Ross Colton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. He scored a cup-winning goal. Played against Colorado in the cup final. Um, Ryan Johansson is a new guy. Mm. That's interesting. Miles Wood is a new guy. Put a little star next to that one. Andrew Cogliano, I would be stunned. He's 36. There's there's a guy who probably knows what's going on. Probably. Yeah. Jonathan Drouin is kind of interesting. Whoa. He's gotten some opportunities in the top six. You're a buddy of the, one of the guys. You know, you make it be a little too relaxed. Uh, put a star next mm, to that one. I don't know. Joel Kiviranta. <laughs> Joel fucking Kiviranta. We got to come up with six, remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and Frederick Olofsson. Nah. What's his oh, role? You uh, know? What about on the decor? Uh, you would assume... Like, is Devontae's pissed about a D2D pass? Is he pissed about a pass up to the forward? You yeah. Or is he talking about, like, is he getting so into the weeds that he's talking about fourth liners? I don't know. Well, like, Curtis McDermott, I can't remember if he was. He on. was. Curtis McDermott. He was? Oh, okay, so I missed yeah. him. So now you're down to Sam Malinsky, Jack Johnson. Who was on the team. Who was on that team, yep. actually. And uh, Caleb Jones. But there can I think be it's a pl- forward. Guys, there can be players that were on that team that are not as bought in. Well. People do... Go, well, I got my cup. You know what? He's on a point streak, but what about Nathan McKinnon? Could be him. <laughs> it's probably him. It's Taze versus McKinnon. I've always said he's butt. Actually, Jack Johnson was not there. Yeah, I thought he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no. Jack Johnson, no. Eric Johnson, yes. Yeah. Jack that's ah. Yes, that's what we got confused mm-hmm. with. But who was the guy? Wasn't Jack Johnson on the Blackhawks, but they let him onto the, uh, the cup banner celebration? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Here's Jack Johnson. Yeah. I was looking at Eric Johnson. I just assumed that was the Johnson we're talking about. Jack Johnson played 74 games in that season for oh, uh, the Avs. Pittsburgh. There you go. Okay. Jack Johnson. <clears throat> I think they the might team. have got him from Pittsburgh. Maybe that's what it was. Interesting. So, Maybe he's mad at Pavel Francouz, who's no longer... Who's Wait, is Francouz is still there, right? Yes. Long-term injury preserved. <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably mad at him for that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of... Or Burakowski, uh, who plays for someone else. I don't even know what play this, this is, man this, is making. It's so surprising. This is the last team I would think this would come from. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the last team is probably the Lightning. Uh, Second last team. I'll be honest. Um, Lightning, I would expect it just because they've been together so long. Maybe we should expect it more from the Lightning and the Avalanche types because they've been together so long and they hold themselves to the highest standard. Mm-hmm. I think on a team that is middling and they're they don't they've never won, they've never competed deep into the playoffs, they probably don't think this. Like Taves probably isn't so upset 
if he's on a middle of the pack team. But this is a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, and he knows every night we need to be thinking like that. It's the same thing John Cooper talked about earlier in this year when he was complaining about the compete level. And he's like, is this a game 34 or is this what I'm going to get on game one of the playoffs? Mm. So these guys who are like, we got to buy in, they know that your effort in the middle of the year and in the middle of December needs to be at a level where I can see that it's going to work for the playoffs. I have a question. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go NBA on this one. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant interesting, uh, is you know known for a lot of things. Uh, but one of the things that he's most known for is his competitiveness and his intensity on the court. The Mamba mentality. That's right. And there's for. been books written about it. And, you know, his trainer was also Michael uh, Jordan's trainer. I've read that book. It's a good book. Mm. Um, and I wonder... And I, I remember this towards the you know, in the waning years of Kobe's era. There were players that could hack it on the Lakers, and then there were players that could not hack it on the Lakers, just like with the, the Bulls, right, when Michael Jordan was super intense. The thing was that I think Kobe didn't retire at his peak like Michael did. So we saw the waning years where his body just wasn't holding up anymore. And I'm not saying that's where McKinnon's at or Taze or whatever. Is it possible that that message has, or that type of intensity and the way you go about it has a time frame. And I'm not oh, saying yeah, that the Colorado sure. Avalanche are past that, but sometimes you can take when you when you live on that edge, you can take it too far and you can get people to go, "You know what? Fuck off." Yeah, but then I don't want you on my team. Well, you can't right, match my intensity. We're in a salary triple hard salary cap league. Good luck. Yeah, well, fuck off. Like <laughs> if you can't match my intensity and all I'm trying to do is win, Get out of here. It's it's if you want to bring up the Lakers, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard couldn't hang on the Lakers because he didn't care about basketball enough and Kobe hated it. <laughs> and he ate candy. Yeah. Lots and lots of candy. Lots and lots of candy. Uh are the Flyers not following the exact trajectory that we expect out of John Tortorella? Yes. The beginning season where he comes in and he goes, I am John Gostard Tortorella. And I'm going to scratch all of you. I don't care if you have 70 <laughs> points. And also, I don't like interesting things to happen in hockey. You will get down and you will block shots. And you will eat wood and other things that make you tough. And next season, we will see an improvement. Well, yeah. you know what that. always happens? Eat wood. Look at that. Yeah. Eat wood. Eat bark. I don't like that. Eat tree bark. That makes me uncomfortable, too. Eat, eating wood? Mm. Mm. No, it's just mm. good stuff. Eat. I don't think we can title the show Eat Wood. Eat, eat wood. I don't think we can do that. branches <laughs> things of that nature. And we all go, oh, John, that's ridiculous. And then next year you go, gosh darn it, they're in a playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. And he yelled his way into the playoff spot. Yeah, but then what happens is around year four-ish, mm-hmm. after a couple years of success, people go, that's enough, John. <laughs> and then they don't play very well and he gets fired. And then he goes to the next team where we repeat the cycle of, I can't believe another team hired John Tortorella. He's a culture shift coach. Yeah. They, they improved. Oh my God, they're in the final four. Oh my God, they're in the first round. And oh my God, they kind of stink. And oh my God, he's and they, fired. And they can never yeah. score. Never score. The Watching the John Tortorella show, like the reruns aren't very good. You can't watch it over and over and over yes. again like The Office. Eventually, you're like, I don't want to see any more of this this stuff. I've seen this time and time again. And then you go get a new show, and there's a new season. You're like, oh, it's good. And then there's more reruns. You're like, nah. So what uh. I'm saying, my point with Taze and the bringing up of the Kobe thing is 
maybe there how many people did you go through there that have been there since the cup there have been a, a few, lot of there's them. a lot yep it feels like it's shake-up time i feel like they did there, I, there's a lot of new like I even feel, though there's a lot of the the core is still there mm -hmm. but like mm -hmm. Ross Colton, like that's a pretty big deal. Miles Wood, they made a big commitment to. Uh, Ryan Johansson's a pretty big deal. Well, they have new okay. guys. And here's the funny part is they have this crazy sense of we got to be up here. And they got Ryan Johansson. Well, Ryan Johansson is an extraordinarily talented hockey player who is known for did not work under under uh, uh, torts in Columbus. It worked out okay in Nashville, but he's not exactly known for being Mr. Intensity. Could it be a challenge to a guy on the team who was on the on the cup winning team who's maybe younger, like a Bowen Byram? I, has Byram not been playing well? I could see something like that. I'm, just, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're throwing names out there, it's I've, not like we've nailed it. I feel like what needs to happen, and I don't know how they do this, they need to, Nazem Kadri and the Avalanche need to be reunited. Baby, it's, it's wrong that he's not playing there anymore. He 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 needs to get out of Calgary, and 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 er, er, uh, the Avalanche could use him again. Kadri and Huberto to the Avs for nothing. Seventy-five percent retained for a fifth for the Avalanche to pay for a quarter of their arena. Yes, uh, I think I honestly think I think there may be like you know, listen. Sometimes this stuff's dealt with in the rest dressing room, but we got the Miko Rantanen quote. And now we got the Devontae's quote. There's there's some there's some unrest in the hills, and I'm just wondering if there's and, not a big trade coming. And I think we should be less surprised that it comes out of that dressing room now that we've talked it through. I think these teams that want to win the Stanley Cup are held to a higher standard. And the reason you're successful is because you have guys like Taves who are willing to say this kind of stuff. Can you imagine they had done an Amazon Prime documentary about the Avalanche? And and then they lost in the first round. Nathan McKinnon would be like, leave it all in. <laughs> leave it all in. I want them to see our Let failure, see. so we never do this again. Yeah, that would be that would be an avalanche attitude, and I fucking love that. Yeah, the journalist who criticized Rantanen is who? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, that'd be great. It'd be amazing. By the way, as we were recording, uh, Yarmir Yager, at fifty-one years old, is playing uh, on the second line right wing for Cladno, a team wow. he owns, and he just picked up a primary assist. Wow. Okay, so uh, Yarmir Yager. 35 years and counting as a professional hockey player. I'm going to clap. Mm -hmm. Adam, you have the clip in front of you. Mm -hmm. Are the guys defending him trying? <laughs> or is this a Putin playing hockey situation? No, they are trying. Like, like it's again, it's the big ice. Yeah. And so the gap control is a little bit wonky to watch oh, when no. you're used to watching North American hockey. The, the defenseman doesn't grab him quickly enough, but it's a good pass. Okay. It's a good pass. The Putin hockey video is the funniest video of all time. It is. Oh my god. <laughs> like, it is. Dude's being like, I don't want to go in a hole. I've read. Yeah. In, I'm, not, I'm not playing defense. I've read entire articles about that and the no political way. effect it had on Russia. Him playing hockey. Yes, and why he decided in his 50s to learn to play hockey oh, because wow. it was all part of this mask. You know those? There's those shots about of him on a horse with his shirt off. Shirt mm -hmm. off. Or Imagine him, Joe or Biden him working just riding out. a sh riding a horse with a shirt. Yeah, or, or him working out in his home gym. There's Trudeau. like there's a masculinity thing that he mm. was trying to impart, and hockey was a part of that. It's a whole political thing for him. It's wow. it's wild, wild. The, the way they do politics in Russia is so 
bonkers and the way they run that country is so bonkers. Anyway, we won't get to it. Uh, Devontae's love that. Uh, Rod Brindamore. Is there a case for Rod Brindamore to be Fire. in the Hall of Fame oh. already? And here's what I'm going to throw at you, okay? I believe he... Oh, this tweet was deleted. Oh, that's stupid. Oh, yeah, because it was wrong. Oh, it was wrong. It was wrong. That's hilarious. So it, the tweet was, I think he's the first coach... No, the first person to ever play a thousand NHL games and coach, and 400. coach 400. That's, and not, that's true. not true. That's not true. No. But <laughs> a thousand games and coaching 400. Forget that he's not the first. Yeah, I, I believe the actual thing is like first player to play 1400 and oh. coach 400. Which is amazing. He's he's like top 20 all time in games played, something like that. So he's, he's way up there. So let's, so let's ask that question then. Forget the tweet being wrong. This question still stands. Do you put Rod Brindamore in the Hall of Fame right now? He's won a cup as a player. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have struggled a bit out of the gate, but they've been a perennial threat to win the cup since he's been the head coach there. Yeah. Is it time? If I'm mistaken, you don't get both. Like You go in as a player cute, based on your resume as a player, or you go in as a coach based on your resume as a coach. You don't get to combine the two uh, for uh, your Hall of Fame uh, eligibility. Yeah, okay, that's, that's how I understand it. Now, as a player, I would still feel like he'd have an outside shot. He was a very, very good player. And like you look at his stat lines, and stat lines are amazing. But what you don't, you need to look at is Rod Brindamore, the the centerman that allowed other centermen to be themselves. He was the guy that was defensively responsible and could score, and was in insane shape as well. Great with the Flyers, great with the Hurricanes, just an animal. You know how. Um Every generation has someone who was always in the Selkie conversation. Yeah. Rod Brindamore. Hmm. He was so often in the Selkie conversation. He won it back-to-back -back years in 06 and 07. And in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In like 10 different seasons, he was nominated or voted on for something. He came within 16 games of playing 1,500 games in the NHL. That's he had, uh, he also came within 16 points of having 1,200 points. That's a lot of points. I feel and like that's a, a Hall of Famer, right? Center? That's a Hall of Famer. What? And for a defensive center? Yes. Who, that's what he was known for. I, no one wants to hear this, and I don't feel good saying it, but you know who kind of screws up a lot of Hall of Fame conversations for me? Is Paul Correa. Um, he was a point-of-game player during the dead puck era, mm -hmm. so that's extremely hard. So should he get into the Hall of Fame based on that and his career was cut short due to injuries? Yeah, I'll definitely hear that argument. But Rod Brindamore also played during that era. He won the first post-lockout cup as captain. He has two individual trophies and the Stanley Cup. Like When you start adding things on top of each other, there's no reason to have him out of the Hall. How many goals does he have? Uh, 452. Very few players. And I talked about this in Dangled Data, a video that you can find on the SDPN YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. It is so rare to hit 450 plus goals. It's even more rare to hit 450 plus goals in the role that Rod Brindamore played. There are a couple guys from like those 90s Flyers teams that should be in the hall and aren't. Rod Brindamore is one of them. And my line mate, John LeClaire. That dude should be in the hall, man. Yeah. His numbers are nuts. And another guy with a cup. Yep.
Yep. Another guy with a cup. This is why, uh, you know, some people a little lazily rely on, yeah, but he doesn't have a cup for uh, Hockey Hall of Fame arguments. It does kind of matter because there are guys with a cup and Hall of Fame conversation numbers that don't get in. Mm -hmm. And it sucks that you can't combine... Well, he was one of the best players in the league for a very long time. Yeah. It's certainly at his role. And he's also one of the best coaches in the league for a long time. And you can't combine them and be like, mm -hmm. this person has contributed enough to hockey. Right. That he yes. warrants a spot yes. yeah. in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, but I, they're different categories, if I remember correctly. Right. But like with Rod Brindamore Brinder, being a Hall of Famer, I think if people need to more recognize, well, the voters need to more recognize the context of the way he played in his game. Because, yeah, if the points aren't there, you have to realize that he played a defensive role. Then like his shorthanded points are 10th all time. Like it's 10th all time in, in shorthanded points. And amongst players with 1,500 face offs, he is uh, first all time in face off percent. Wow. Because that's his role on the team. And if you take into the context of Brendan Moore's career and the way he was deployed to play, I think he sh probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but Jesse, I mean, what? like, here, look at it this way. He only had 260 NHL goals in 1,300 games. He never had a single 30-goal season. His career high in points was, let me see, it was 57. Like, I don't know if – oh, I'm sorry. That's Hockey Hall of Famer Guy Carboneau. Um, my, my bad. Sorry, I was talking about the wrong player. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Those types of – players who play that role – and Carboneau played that role, do get into the Hall of Fame for playing that role. His numbers are not Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, he's got the Cups. He got the Cups. He played for the Habs pre-1994. Like, okay, yeah, he got the Cups. Um, he won three Selkie trophies. Rod's got two. Mm -hmm. Rod the Bod should be in if and, and in. You know, Rod was also in tough because Yerry Lettinen was a threat for that Selkie every year. Every year. Yuri Lettinen, last winger to win the Selkie. It was, he was often like top 10-ish mm -hmm. uh, in Selkie voting. He, he should be in. Um, should, I, you should be able to combine. I also think also, if, if he can't combine, is there a chance, based on his record so far as a coach, if he wins a couple cups, which we all think something, there's going to be a cup eventually for Rod Brindamore as a coach, I think. Can he go in twice? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? I mean, if they're different categories, based on the way, yes, you know what? Damn it, you sold me. Not yet. He's not. He's not earned it as a coach yet. No, and I think he would say that. But he's a. That's a double threat, man. No, but when it comes to voting, you know, one day his name will come across someone's desk, and they'll be like, "Ah, give it to him." Doesn't matter what category he goes in as. I want him to go in twice. I it, love Rod. Put it this way. I think he's a great coach, mm -hmm. but it'll be difficult for him to have a better coaching career uh, than his playing career because his playing career was so good. He uh, should be in the hall. With um, Brendan Moore, the coaching doesn't add to his player resume, but the international hockey con contributions do. He has a world championship gold, and he was on the 98 Olympic team in Italy, which wasn't uh, a good team. That was in Japan. 
Japan. The oh, sorry, Nagano. Yes, Japan. Yeah. Uh, Italy, I think, was the World Championships where he won. Um, the '98 team in Japan, which wasn't good, but he made the Olympic team, which is a show of a standard of his play at the time compared to his peers. Mm-hmm. He was on the Nagano team, eh? Yeah. No, the Nagano team just ran into Hashik. They were a good team. Yeah. They just ran into fucking prime Hashik, and their head coach didn't put Wayne Gretzky out in the shootout. Unforgettable. <laughs> Unforgivable. Uh, hey, uh, Nolan Patrick has officially retired from the NHL after four seasons. He's 25 years old. He was drafted second overall in the 2017 draft. And I can remember because he was a guy that that they were saying, like, because after the McDavid and Matthews drafts, which included Eichel and Line and so many other great players and Marner, and um, this was the draft where people were like, eh, we're less excited about this. This kid, Nolan Patrick, this kid, Nico Heischer, they could go one, they not, could go two. Not Jeff Merrick. He came on our show back when it, we recorded in that tiny room in your apartment that was basically all glass. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about this 16-year-old kid playing for the Brandon Weekings, and it was Nolan Patrick. Right. He, that was years and years. Well, and I years. remember his head coach going on the radio and saying, yeah, he won't be ready for the NHL in the first year. Like, he's a... Anyway, in 222 games, he had 32 goals, 45 assists. Uh, it seems as though he... Um, uh, he's going to be working as a skills specialist um, and just terrible injury luck. Yeah. And really, that is sort of sometimes life. Life is luck sometimes, just way the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, good for him. Like, a lot of people don't make that decision in time. You know? Mm-hmm. He's, how old is he? 25. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, that's that's a young man. Like, I wasn't even married when I was 25. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm still living with my parents, mm-hmm. and this guy has had an entire NHL career, I believe, with enough games to make NHLPA pension. Um, yes. No, g- good for him for making this decision for his health. He could always come back if he wanted to. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's it's good uh, it's good that he's making this decision for his health. And I'm sure as a guy who went super high in the draft, there's plenty of ways for him to work within hockey that, you know, he could become yes. a coach or GM or whatever. <laughs> but also, there is a market for people that are young players who need mentors, and they use that mentors, great young, great players, and navigating things. Yeah. I went, not just the agent. I went second overall, and I'm retired by 25. That is a fascinating story i would listen to that guy talk every single day of the week about that journey like i think he's got a long career in hockey no matter he sounds like he wants to do skills work but no matter what he wants to do if it's mentorship or coaching just listening to that journey even at the young age of 25 and as he grows and gets perspective on this portion of his life like nolan patrick is a very interesting person i think who's sorry did it say who he was doing the skills work with no did you say no no doesn't say that um, I don't know. I don't believe. It. And I know he was with the Golden Knights organization this spring, even though he doesn't get his name on the cup. He did get to kind of hoist the cup. Yeah, because his last season that he played was the 22 season. He played 25 games with the Golden Knights. So, yeah. And they didn't sucks, return. That, it does suck. It does yeah. suck. That draft, though, that 2017 <clears throat> draft just killers all around it. It's Pedersen. It's Makar. It's Jason Robertson. It's Nico Heischer, Marty Natchez, uh, Robert Thomas, Josh Norris. Like, it's a really good draft. And that was the draft. draft nobody tanked for. Yeah. Nobody really was, like, excited draft. about it. There's some great players there. Yeah. Wow. Mira Heiskanen, Gabe Velarde, who we were just talking about the other day. Had a great game. Damn, what a great draft. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Even Middlestad has uh, come into his own. Yeah. Uh, Heedle's having a good little year. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like it. Did you say Robert Thomas? Damn. 
Um, Nick Suzuki. I didn't even mention that. Uh, drafted by Vegas. Um, now, Stephen Ellis, uh, who is a writer for Daily Faceoff and an all-around good person. Uh, he said, if you want to feel old, there were multiple Team Canada players that said watching this player at the World Juniors was one of their favorite tournament memories growing Bedard. up. Bedard. Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What do you think it is, Steve? This player at the tournament had a standout World Junior tournament for a particular team, and these are Team Canada players, so you can assume the Canadian identity, obviously. I'll give you that. What player had a standout tournament that these guys who were 16, 17, 18 years old would have been? Wow, what a memory that was. Alexi Lafreniere. You are correct. Uh, who, is, it, who is a literal baby? <laughs> like Lafreniere is not an old man. <laughs> what, what year was that? <laughs> was it 2019? It was like five minutes ago, yeah. man. Yeah, it just uh, happened. 2019 that... team team ah! Canada's 2019 WIHF. Ah! Ah! No, amazing. That's good. It's not amazing. That's what those kids say. They watch. Yeah. Now, when you're 16, 17, 18, four years is a long time. That's why I so long. I it, freak out a little bit when you hear about like 16, 15. Mm -hmm. Wasn't there a 14 year old playing in the WHL the other day? Yeah, I brought it up on the show. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, and Adam, you're not even right about the year. I'm not. The year Lafreniere went off was the 2020 World Junior, oh. where he had 10 points in five games. Like that was like, oh my god, what? Who is this Lafreniere kid? That's 2020. Oh my god! Steve, Steve's got his toque over his head for everybody. What listening. is it? Oh my god! What is it? He's, he's what upset. is it? What is it? It's the world keeps spinning, man. Does it? It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Oh god, that's so bad. These the kids looked up to this uh, Lafreniere in 2020, like just before. I guess it would have been just before COVID. Yes, I guess right before. COVID. In the before time. Right before. In the long, or, long or do they count it like? No, it's the other eighteen. One? To, it's twenty eighteen into nineteen is the twenty nineteen. So this is the twenty twenty four World Juniors coming up. It, oh really? It's awarded in twenty twenty four. So it starts. That's, right. that's how they count it. That's how they count yeah. it. I, I'm always confused. So, that's, by so that. it'd be nineteen, but the World Junior was it was nineteen into twenty. Yeah. Right. You know who does that stupid too? The NFL. Because like yeah. ninety five percent of their season is played in one year, <laughs> but then the little bit of the playoffs in the Super Bowl is obviously in February. And I was I'm always confused. Like, okay, which championship is this? Right. Oh. Well, they also <laughs> don't name the year. They're like Super Bowl forty seven, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. When did it start? I don't know. What year was Man? that? Man, I don't know. Uh, hey, I know you don't know the difference between imperial and metric, but we're going to put this in Roman numerals. I know. They got to <laughs> stop that, too. So they got to stop. Stop it. Yeah. Um, but, okay. like, this should be the 2023 World Juniors. No. But it's the 2024. Well, it's awarded in 2024. Tell TSS. Because the World Junior T Championship, which is what it's called. Yeah. Is in 2020. Get Duthie on the phone. I want him on the show. Mm -hmm. Get James on the phone. I would love that. As the O-Dog likes to call him. Tell him to fix the damn championship year. This is the 2023 World yeah. Juniors. You know, Duthie's got that Jim. kind of power, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy? I'm calling Jim. What I call him? James? He's on the phone. <laughs> Jimmy? It's Mr. Jim. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, last story. We can do a press conference or we can wrap. It's up to you guys. We can definitely. But <clears throat> uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's been reported, will not be playing this year. <laughs> and I just wanted to know if you guys had any thoughts on modern medicine and how it failed Aaron Rodgers this year. Oh, I knew it. it was, what was weird about that was that uh, we all knew he wasn't going to play. And he was like, nah, but maybe. And and it, it just felt like, because Zach Wilson was getting a ton of attention, it did feel like Aaron Rodgers needed it to be about him a little bit. Oh, Adam, how could you and the vast majority of other people paying attention say that? What that's, are you? That's all I got. There's a lot of silence. That's all I got to say. Jesse, what do you have to say Listen, about What do you think about that? He gets so much airtime that he doesn't deserve, and he just says the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to play again this season. And we're all like, yeah, I know, Aaron. Like, that's not, it's not news. That is several months ago's news. And then his and you're coach, breaking it now. His coach had to confirm that, too. Because you're mm-hmm. not. Robert yeah, Kawhi. no, there's, there's no real shot that Aaron Rodgers was going to play this season. It, Aaron Rodgers loves attention. And the thing that he's he loves to do most is is do things that get attention. So dragging this out and making like people believe that there was a possibility that he might play was his whole thing for attention. And now it's over because there's no shot he's. Is he a Jet play. next year? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered if he'd want to play on that artificial turf again after literally what it did to him. No, it wasn't the turf. <clears throat> it wasn't the turf. The turf didn't do it. Everybody blame the turf. It's it's ridiculous. Let's do the press conference. Okay. The presser. This is from Bonesy. I thought it was a little, it's a little jab. Give you a little chuckle. Let's have it, Boner. Bonesy says, how often have you said, man, I wish Ryan Reeves was in the lineup tonight. I'm stuck at zero times. Uh, Okay. Opening night. The second night, because that was the one after opening night. The third night, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the game against the Bruins, the Matt, first one where Matty he did nothing. <laughs> you like this one, Matt? Like Sherman Ryan Reeves? This is a good one. Yeah. No, man. Like, he's in it for the Reeves slander. Okay, here's where I'm not <laughs> loving the conversation, though. He's hurt. Yeah. yeah. Like, But the, I think it's, it speaks volumes that you do not miss him. Yeah, but like... If Austin Matthews was injured, we'd be like, ah, you know what? Be nice to have Austin tonight. Yeah, mm. but should this team be made <clears throat> or broken by a fourth-line enforcer being out of the lineup? Mm-hmm. No, but I think I think the more important conversation we were having before the beginning of the year is it can't just be him. Like we saw with Kyle yeah. Clifford, and we saw with Michael Bunting, and we saw with Wayne Simmons. He's and still around the team. And Matt Martin. Yeah, and, and, and I think... It's not that Ryan Reeves was going to solve the problem, but there was an issue on this team, in my opinion, of, of toughness and responding. And they were told, to be, on, to be fair to them, they were told not to respond physically. And a quiet bench, too. And a quiet bench. And they, and they were embarrassed by the Bruins early. I mean, Reeves getting a couple fights in the first two games was great. And then, you know, Reeves didn't play great the rest of the time. We kind of didn't expect him to, but we didn't know it was going to be that bad. But the other guys started to step up. I love, I think, I, again, and I've said this a few times, Toronto loves a tough hockey <laughs> you team. You got all the T's in there. Toronto 
<laughs> loves a tough hockey team. Right, they're Joe they Carter. want a team that scores a bunch of goals. Yeah. And which which Leaf management focused way too much on the toughness and not enough on the goals for like 20 years. Yes. Uh, now we focused a ton on the goals. We get lots of goals. Now we've added some toughness. Still getting lots of goals. Fun team to watch. The Leafs are a fun team every night, except for a couple this season. You know what? Uh, it, put it this way. I think this encapsulates Toronto pretty well. The uh, Like the Ron Wilson years slash Randy Carlisle years, mm -hmm. those were not great years. There was some up. There was mostly down. There were players who were way on the tough side, who all the nerds hated and all the olds loved. Mm -hmm. Then there were players on the skill side, Phil Kessel, for example, who all the nerds loved and a lot of the olds hated. Mm -hmm. You know who everyone loved? Clark MacArthur. And like, that's the type of player... And that's going to sound ridiculous, but that's the type of player the city loves. Yes. He can score, and if you fuck with him, he'll beat the shit out of you. And he did that a few times. He made himself room. Go look up his fight with Yaroslav Spachek. He broke his face. He broke his orbital bone. Mm -hmm. it, was like, it was like watching a guy get mauled by a tiger. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Clark MacArthur did that? Like, I've said this for years. Like, William Nylander is like a Greek god. And one day... I would love him to grab someone and throw some punches just for the shock of him actually maybe winning a fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he might get his ass kicked. You do sort of need to know what you're doing. You mm -hmm. can't just be strong. But, like, he's an ox. Matthews is an ox. There are players shorter and lighter than Mitch Marner that fight with some regularity. Like, Travis Konechny is Mitch Marner with less fucks to give. I love him. And ever so slightly more facial hair, but not by a wide margin. Neither of them can... Baby faces, both of them. Both of them. Uh, it's... And again, none of those three guys, Tavares included actually, are doing the fighting, but more of this team is willing to at least get involved physically. This is from Shawnee. Shawnee says, Goals since December 19th. Alexander Ovechkin... Zero. Tristan Jari, one. <laughs> Man, people got on us for that, for that is, OV talk. Uh, it's December 20th, by we, the way. We yep. had that chat, uh, and then we put it up on, I guess, TikTok or whatever. People got so mad about OV fans. got so mad. I'm like... Has he scored since? No. Even with our jinx, he has In the last month, Tristan Jari has outscored... Alexander Ovechkin. They're gonna need somebody to set him up. And Shawnee, Shawnee's question, I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Says, My question: Will Jari be able to continue outscoring Ovechkin? No. <laughs> I don't no. think so. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I can't. I didn't know he's got a full month without scoring a goal. Like the that's the insane. Most hilarious thing about Ovechkin over the last half decade plus is his ability to just look at what the age curve is supposed to be and go, no. And now what's happening is mm -hmm. like just that, that line is going to go straight down unless something corrects itself. And again, if he goes on some sort of run, zero people will be shocked. Mm -hmm. Zero people will be shocked. But if this keeps up, do you know how much easier it is 
to catch Gretzky when you can expect at least 30 or 40 goals, even 25. Yep. 25, all right, three seasons, and I'm there. Mm-hmm. If he's scoring like this, there's a really good chance he never gets there. One of the things that stands out to me about a season so far is the number of power play goals, which sits at one. Ooh, that's the all-time leader in power play goals. That's a man who has feasted on the power play more than anybody else in the history of time, and he's been unable to do it this season. All right. When's the next time the Caps play the Leafs? <laughs> just, so, just so I know when he's busting out of the slump. When he gets a four-goal game? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just I'll, so I know. I'll, I'll take a look. I'll look at it. I don't think it's soon. Capitals, Leafs. The Leafs play, I think it's nine games against the Blue Jackets. March 20th. Oh, my God. Well, that's March wow. slump. 20th, the Leafs are at the Caps. It's going to happen. There you go. It's going to happen. Bring up the cap schedule, please. Okay. I just Because I want to know... At some point, I know you're trying to win points in the standings. You need to dedicate a game to getting him a goal. Yes. Yes. Right? So who do they got coming up? They got the Islanders, Blue Jackets, back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. Blue Jackets, second half of a back-to-back. None of you should have the puck at all during that game. That's a very good point. I think that's the let's try and get Ovechkin going. And passes to Ovi. To Ovi. (laughs) Passes to Ovi. Because (laughs) Oshi with it to Ovi. After Thursday's game against Columbus, you have Tampa, then Christmas break, then the Rangers, Islanders, Preds. So go into January because, like, I mean, rack up points. Christmas break is coming. You don't want to lose momentum. Man, there are some struggling goalies in that stretch, bud. Look at Pittsburgh. Jari's been good. I know he's been good. Oh, but. that's the battle of the Jari versus Ovechkin goal race. January 2nd. Oh, Jari has a chance to double his lead. Let's go. The, the Devils. Let's go. You can score on the Devils. They're a good team. But you that can would, score on them. That would be incredible. Who is going to score more goals? The Hurricanes. By January 2nd. They Ovi start Jari. making graphics. TNT. Jari's currently in the lead. Wow. The Hurricanes are there. Oh, January is an interesting opportunity to feast. Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like, at least in terms of scoring goals. I'm not talking about winning hockey games. Pass Ovi the puck. Do you understand you get him going? You get possibly the greatest goal scorer of all time. One of the best goal scorers alive today. He was still that like a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he just suddenly stopped doing that. Dedicate a game to giving the puck to Ovi. Should we put money on Columbus on Thursday? Mm -hmm. Ovi gets a goal. No. No, Columbus is gonna have to make a comeback because no, wait, no, they want they just dropped nine on the Sabers. Yeah, it was crazy. So for sure, not Columbus. Yeah, I sure you don't Columbus. think he gets a goal Thursday? Great night. That's that. I think Steve outlined it well. Second night of a back to back, your your legs are a little tired, so let's just all stand around and try and feed Ovi against a weaker Columbus. Team. He he doesn't move anyway. Like the, Caps- the Columbus Blue Jackets take a lot of penalties. Mm, not that I'm aware. If, if I don't he's on the power play a lot, you're toast, dude. The Caps should have 25 shots in that game, and 23 of them from be, should be from Alexander Ovechkin. Get him a goal. I don't Get know, him I a think, fucking uh, goal. Ovi anytime goal prop against the Blue Jackets might be something we got to look at. Dude. Feed Put a him do- the puck. $2 Steve Ooh, on I that. Like that. Feed him the puck. And like at this point, just be like, stand in front. I'll shoot one off your butt. 
<laughs> That's what he means. <laughs> but like those lucky goals are the, usually the ones that break you out of slumps, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's when you go. Remember when Marner was in a slump and then he scored two? Yeah. And the first celebration, he went, oh. And then the second celebration, he goes, Yeah. And that's Marner. Mm -hmm. Imagine Ovi. And Marner didn't go a month without scoring. Yeah. But Ovi, goals are oxygen. And that dude's turning blue. But when he starts scoring, watch out. Oh, my God. What he could, what does he have? Five? He could easily end the season with 35. He could have 20 by All Star. No one would be shocked. Yeah. Absolutely no one would be shocked. Get him a goal. Yeah, five. So How is this this hard? How many assists does he have? Twelve. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not great. Mm-hmm. OV is currently one, two, three, four, five, sixth on the caps in goal scoring. Uh, he's tied with Kuzi with five goals. He should Can you name sixth. the four guys above uh, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin on goal scoring for the Washington Capitals? We'll end the show. Mm. Tom Wilson. One. He's TJ Oshie's got 10. Yeah, Timothy Jimothy. Uh, Timothy Jimothy, no. He only oh. has two goals. Kuznetsov. I just said they were tied. I'm sorry. Yeah. You weren't listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? They got three more guys to go. Who's still there? We can't end the show until you name these What three about John players. Carlson? Incorrect. No. John Carlson has one goal. 14 assists, though. What? Mm. McMichael. Connor McMichael. Hey! Six goals. There you go. There you go, Steve. Did you see Tyler Tucker the other day? Yes. Uh, got yes. into a fight, and yeah. he was a subject of uh, who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> who he played who for. Who he played who for, he sorry. Played yeah. 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 <laughs> I love when that. And that Look, was like, it was like him. two days after that episode, Tyler Tucker makes news. Uh, like, fuck us. Like, so every funny. single time. So funny. Who All right, you got, you got uh, two guys left. One is the leading goal scorer. On the Caps. Yeah. They've been such a weird team. We've talked year. about him. Charlie Lindgren. No. no. He was um, involved in something. He was involved, involved in something. Involved in something. What was he involved in? What's his name? <laughs> um, involved in like a fight or a suspension? An incident. I am drawing a complete Me too. blank. It was Adam Wilde who incorrectly... Oh, the rookie! Marosh Nichenko. No, it was Adam. No, no, no. Adam Wilde incorrectly placed this man in a knee-on-knee incident. Oh, it was uh, Connor. Uh, mm. Not Connor. No. No. <laughs> Strom. Dylan Strom. Dylan's. Dylan so Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom oh. had the knee-on-knee, and for like right. three minutes into the segment, Adam Wilde kept calling him Dylan Strom. I know. <laughs> I know. But you corrected yourself. And there's one more player, former Detroit Red Wing. Now a cap. Vrana? No. no. Vrana, that's the other way. Who was the guy that... Mantha? Mantha? Anthony hey! Mantha. <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. The leading yeah. goal scorers on the caps go Str- <clears throat> Dylan Strom with, with 12, Tom Wilson with 10, Anthony Mantha with 7, Connor McMichael with, with 6, Kuzi with 5, Ovi with 5. That's how absolutely cracked Austin Matthews is. If you take the top two goal scorers on the caps... And combine them, they'd be three goals shy of Matthews. Unbelievable. When people say he's not worth his contract, which happens all the time oh. at parties where I'm at, I'm like, you guys, like, I'm not, I can't, I can't I'd have to start from zero. I have to start to from parties. the end. God created the sun. Enough. Enough. <laughs> he's amazing. Ryan's true. 
Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.